This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Very good. Let's first talk about the latest ADP report and private companies added just 106,000 new workers last month. Now, that is down from a much higher figure, is it not? Very much so. I think this was one of those uh, you know, employment signals that um, everyone was kind of keeping their eye on, but it, it really um, missed to the downside. I think the high estimate was 210,000. There's been lots of signs that the uh, labor market remained uh, healthy and strong in January. The ADP report did highlight that there were weather-related disruptions, and I think that you're probably going to see that uh, there's still a lot of strength in the, the, the labor market. The chief economist also added that hiring was stronger during other weeks of the month in line with the strength that we saw late last year. So it, it looks like the labor market, yes, it's starting to soften a little bit more. The, the reaction, you know, yields um, clearly slipped. Uh, rate hike bets, uh, you know, uh, they dwindled a little bit. Um, and, and I think what you're going to see, too, is what complicates this is, you know, for a lot of people, um, some traders don't even look at ADP. Uh, it, they've updated their methodology last year, uh, and now what you're, you're starting to see, uh, you know, people are just trying to get a true assessment. You know, well, you know, what's what's the the real correlation with, you know, the headline non-farm payroll report? And and, and I think what you're probably going to see is uh, still it's it's one indicator. Uh, it is. Um, a rather, you know, large group of people that it, it covers, um, and and I think what you you I think it's important to pay attention to is when you you know dig down into the report, um, you could see that, you know, it, it, it clearly showing that uh, you know the service sector is still um, outperforming. Uh, service sector uh, providing 109,000 jobs gained. Um, you know, the manufacturing or goods producing side um, uh, lost 3,000. When you break that down, a lot of that those losses were from construction, which obviously, uh, you know, housing market is clearly in a recession, um, and uh, you know, manufacturing during uh, January um, it was still still I'm um, seeing job growth. So I think there's there's a clear signs of weakness though for the economy. Uh, trade and transportation jobs uh, lost 41,000, and and when you I think take a look at you know what's the Fed really focused on. Uh, Pay growth is a key indicator. Uh, you know, wage pressures. That's what's going to uh, <clears throat> be very difficult for the Fed to bring down. And wage, you know, pay growth was flat in January. So I think that you're you're going to see, uh, you know, job stayers. I think it held at 7.3 percent for a second month. So this is it's not adding to the fears that we're going to have. A, a couple more very robust prints. I think there's clear signs that um, large parts of the economy are slowing. Uh, so, so this this you know should tilt the scales a little bit when you uh, take a look at interest rate uh, hike and interest rate cut expectations. You know, I think you know the market fully priced in you know today's rate hike um, for 25 basis points. You know, the debate is on March, and we'll, we'll learn more from Fed Chair Powell uh, after the press conference. But uh, but what's interesting is. You know, for December, you know, rate cut bets are now at 70 percent. So we're, you know, we're we're getting close to, you know, fully pricing in a, a full rate cut by the Fed. Um, and when you take a look at the other central banks, uh, the Bank of Canada is the uh, 
kind of the outlier. They're the ones that signal that they could be on hold now. We're near the end of global tightening, and uh, this will mean we get to assess the impact of all these rate hikes, how much slower growth we, we see. This is this is going to lead to, uh, you know, I think, you know, as far as a global recession, um, it, it, you know, we're, we're going to have recessions and everything's not going to line up. I think that's the important, uh, you know, takeaway. I mean, we when you consider what's happening in, in Asia, you know, the the uh, reopening story of China, you know, they, their, their manufacturing activity bounced back into expansion territory. Um, well, not if you follow the, the CACs, and, uh, but the private sector reading, but still uh, in a I think there's a lot more optimism here that you're you're going to get stronger growth from China, and that's that's going to um, I think um, provide a, an argument to not completely just go into fixed income. And uh, this is a this is a market. It seems that we uh, we're seeing expectations for the economy and and central bank policy is is widely shifting. I wonder, Ed, whether today's very likely rise in interest rates is actually unnecessary and that the Fed have backed themselves into a bit of a corner. They can't now go back on the much vaunted likelihood of this uh, rate rise, but it's actually not really necessary. There's a, you know, a few schools of thought here. Um, you know, I think there is an argument that, you know, we are starting to see weakness. You know, you've, you've unleashed, uh, you know, uh, several points uh, or of, of tightening here and you're still, you know, you're still, uh, you're raising rates, you're doing QT, uh, you know, policy is restrictive. Um, I actually take the, 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 the other side of the argument here. And, um, I, I think there's, they were late to address inflation. They, they called it transitory. It wasn't, they were slow in, in delivering these rate hikes. Um, I, I really think that with the economy and, and the position that it's in, uh, in order to fully defeat inf- uh, this, inf- this, this inflation, you, you need to deliver, um, I think, um, you, you need to firmly push back on the market. You know, financial conditions are loosening here. Uh, I mean, you know, d- despite all these rate hikes, uh, financial conditions are loosening. The Fed needs to push back. I think the proper thing would have been uh, – to signal that they were going to be aggressive and for, for them to deliver a half point rate rise this, this meeting. Um, and then you can uh, then leave it on a case by case basis. Maybe we can downshift. Um, and then what you've done is you're going to force people to abandon uh, their, their, you know, the, the, the loosening the financial conditions. You're going to really make policy much more restrictive and that's going to um it's going to lead to economic pain um and and uh but but that's that's um what's going to be needed to bring inflation down Uh, my fear is that um if they stopped right now uh there's a good chance that you know in in four months policy is going to get you know you know disinflation trends are going to run out of steam and inflation might get stuck around four percent and then what does the Fed do? Do they say, well, we can resume tightening? Uh, and then, you know, you, you've, you've lost all that ammunition with those, you know, you know, first, you know, several rate hikes. So um, I, I think the, the better play would have been to have been aggressive and to, to signal that and to push back against the market and show them who's in charge. Um, I think the Fed, with all the messaging, they've, they're, they're locked into a, a quarter point rate rise. They're going to probably try to, to stick to, uh, some type of 
um, hawkish speak, but when you downshifted two meetings in a row, it's you lose your effectiveness. Um, <laughs> so, so I think uh, markets are going to be more, um, I think, uh, skeptical if if they they you know they try to stick by their dot plot forecast. Um, but but uh, I think in the end, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how the economy reacts. But um, you know, the 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 better I think situation would have been take policy restrictive, assure inflation comes down, and then you can you know you can pivot later in the year. Um, but you know, that doesn't seem to be, uh, the, the path they're taking They're they're, they're, um, slowing their rate hikes and, um, you're, you're probably going to see that, um, you know, this, this FOMC press conference is going to be pivotal in, in what Powell messages. Um, and, and, uh, I, I think the data still supports a much more, um, I think, uh, aggressive fight against inflation. I mean, there's, there, there's still, other factors that can um, keep inflation running a little bit hotter than we want. And uh, so we'll, we'll see what the Fed does. But I, I think right now the bond market, it's made up its mind. And uh, we'll, we'll see how, um, if they fade the Fed today, if they, if they stay hawkish. Of course, Ed, we're going to have one less worker going forward, are we not? Because breaking news over the last hour or so, the retirement, again, of Tom Brady. This is dominating social media. It's uh, it's surpassed coverage on on the FOMC or or uh, an OPEC decision. But uh, yes, Tom Brady says he's retiring for good this time. Uh, and and what's fascinating is uh, you know he, he's had a career that has uh, it's been for 23 seasons, uh, seven Super Bowl wins, and and uh, throughout the years uh, it, it's been fun uh, watching him play. But um, when he would win the Super Bowl, his team. Uh, there's actually been uh, some strong correlations with a strong stock market rally that year. Um, and on the years that he lost, uh, there's been some um, actually rather d- disappointing uh, numbers for the S&P 500. So it's a, it's definitely an interesting uh, uh, story. Uh, I think, though, we have to remind remind ourselves, you know, yes, he's retiring from the NFL, but he's already got a job, a job lined up. He's going to um, go to Fox Sports. He's going to be their lead NFL analyst. Uh, so for uh, just a, a small 10-year contract for $375 million. So I think it, it becomes official once he uh, starts covering the market. So I wonder if that means he'll be taking part in some of uh, uh, the Super Bowl festivities. Um, but uh, still, that's a that's a nice uh, fallback career, $375 million to just uh, analyze uh, the sport that you've uh, known to conquer. Not quite the level of Cristiano Ronaldo, though, with his move to Saudi Arabia, which is 170 million pounds a year. Uh, yes, and and I think though the the one thing that uh, Tom Brady might have a slight advantage of is with endorsements, um, and uh, I think that's for a lot of these athletes, you know, the salary is it's just it's just you know, it's like the appetizer. Sometimes it's a, these endorsement contracts, uh, his own brand um, that that are truly um, you know delivering. Um, the wealth for, for these, these athletes. But uh, I, I think that you'll see for, for a lot of, you know, you know, football watchers, uh, this is, uh, this is something we've heard before. And, uh, you know, there, there is still that speculation that uh, he might just be doing this so he can go to a better contending team. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I still think that uh, um, when you, 
consider his departure. That means uh, someone will be able to get a max quarterback contract at Tampa Bay. Uh, so uh, NFL labor market is still remains very hot. <laughs> Was there actually a market reaction to this news? You probably have just maybe like a, a minute or two of people uh, watching his Instagram video. Uh, but no, there was no significant market reaction. I think ADP really did. Uh, and, and most of the time, ADP does not move the market. Uh, but today it did. And, and that's, I think, something um, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see the markets are just going to go into consolidation mode leading up to the fed and uh that that that's you know the fed is one of the main events and then we we, we still you know this week is full of uh, uh big risks um you have uh major earnings throughout the whole week uh super thursday with also other central bank decisions ecb boe and then also you have apple amazon and alphabet earnings it's uh this is this is one of those weeks that uh um by you know, by the weekend, everyone's exhausted. Of course, non-farm payroll on Friday as well, to boot, as we would say here. One other decision today came from OPEC, and they've decided, uh, unsurprisingly, to keep output steady. Supply will remain the same. Yes, uh, the panel of ministers, they, they've telegraphed this, and uh, they confirmed it. They saw no need to change its current oil policy. Uh, there's too much uncertainty with you know China's reopening and Russian output. Uh, so, so um, I think leading up to this, uh, you know, there was reports uh, that uh, President Putin and the Crown Prince uh, spoke. Um, so I think once once that happened, uh, you know, I think a lot of a lot of energy traders were uh, fairly. Um, I think confident that you were going to see, um, you know, no change with, with policy. I think, you know, there was a, this uh, question on, you know, uh, these quotas and whether or not, um, you know, the, the Russians would be able to live up to their part of the deal. And, and I think that you're, you're, you're still seeing, you know, uh, you know, the Russian ban that will take place in, in a few days. Um, but, but I, but there's still, in, as long as you know China is buying oil, Turkey and India, um, you know Russia is is going to be still able to make revenue, uh, and and that's uh, funding the their their part of their war. And 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 I think this this is this is the decision for OPEC. You know they're they're assessing you know significant weakness um, in some parts of the world. China's reopening was a little bit soft. Um, but it was coming out of the, the Lunar New Year holiday. So we're still, um, you know, not getting a clear uh, signal on, on how strong that their demand will be. Um, but but I, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of cautious optimism that the global economy is going to um, improve, um, even as we, we see um, central banks remain aggressive in, in taking policy to restrictive territory. Um, but but uh, for, for OPEC, this I think, you know, they're looking at this market. They're going to try to keep it tight. It's going to probably be balanced for a good part of the first quarter. And uh, I think there's still, you know, a lot of risks here. Um, when you take a look at U.S. production, it's not going anywhere. It's, it's, uh, it, it, I think you know there were some key earnings, um, and I think one of the the big ones we saw was, you know, um, uh, Exxon and Chevron. Um, you know, they're 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 being methodical on and on how they um, invest more 
in 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 new wells and and you know for like for instance for Exxon they're they're investing in you know uh, natural gas solutions and they're investing a lot of that um, just outside of um, Israel so I think you know they're 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 trying to uh, you know do their part so they're pushing back in, against all this messaging from the White House about them you know making too much money and too much profit um, so so I, I think you, you're going to see this is a this is a, a fascinating market that is going to um, you know. It's still gonna have to, you know, deal with, you know, this transition away uh, from, uh, you know, dirty oil, and and uh, I think there's still expectations here that, you know, the oil market can remain tight for a few more years. Uh, so I think, you know, these profits and, you know, their their margins are not going to go away. You know, when when Exxon delivered their earnings results and their shares, you know, initially tanked, um, it wasn't because, you know, well they disappointed the street's expectation on profit it's because they didn't deliver enough share buybacks um you know i think uh you know oil sector is is looking pretty healthy especially for the the, the giants um and um we'll, we'll see if they um are able to continue to capitalize on um what will likely remain a, a tight market for some time finally ed uh, cryptocurrencies currently strong remaining strong ahead of today's fed announcement it's been rather impressive uh bitcoin has uh when you take a look at its performance in january it's up on nearly 40 percent uh <laughs> that's uh, rather impressive uh ethereum 32 uh solana um 138 percent uh uh and it seems you know, for probably 90% of the time, we're talking contagion risks, regulatory risks. Um, but um, as we consider the economic, you know, pain that uh, a lot of crypto investors <laughs> have suffered, uh, it's it's stabilized. Uh, you know, the you know the, the movement in, in in yields was was you know welcome news for cryptos. And uh, I think you're still seeing, you know, the, the space is getting cleaned up. Um, there's there's no doubt about that. I think for for a lot of people, you know, they're they're trying to get a sense of, you know, is crypto, you know, what, what's what's going to be the um, overall um, um, path that uh, you know you know th- these 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 coins take. Um, you know, is this going to be uh, a steady rebound and recovery here, or will we see economic risks um if we see the stock market sell off you know will that drag down crypto and 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 it's fascinating because some days that correlation is highly intact some days it's not so i think there's still not a steady flow or buzz um of 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 fresh money coming into crypto but i think if you continue to see this performance it will attract investors um and uh, i think you know you know, there's some key barriers. I think the majority of the crypto, uh, the the crypto people that got started over the past couple of years, the ones that were l- listening to Fidelity when they started pitching it, they got in between thirty and forty thousand. Uh, we're we're it, it it's uh, it's amazing, but we're we're not too far from that. Um, so I think that you know everyone's going to pay close attention to see what Bitcoin does post Fed. Um, and when I say post-Fed, really, you know, 24 hours after the Fed, you know, you have a full news cycle to digest uh, the messaging and, and, and some of the earlier uh, comments and analysis from it. Um, but I think there's, there's uh, you know, 
if 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 Bitcoin is able to take out twenty four thousand, you know, you could still see uh, a lot more momentum in that this move higher. Uh, but if it doesn't, I, you know, I would not be surprised if it consolidated back towards twenty thousand. So it's going to be an exciting time for crypto. Uh, it already has been, and uh, we'll probably see this volatility um, remain um, healthy throughout the year. Okay, Ed, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon and this morning where you are. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.